Chapter 6, verse, verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? Also, we are busy with the Belgic Confession, Article 11. It's the deity of the Holy Spirit. You can read this with me. We believe and confess also that the Holy Spirit proceeds eternally from the Father and the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but only proceeding from the two of them. In regard to order, he is the third person of the Trinity, of one and the same essence and majesty and glory with the Father and the Son. He is true and eternal God, as the Holy Scriptures teach us. Topic this evening, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I go from your spirit? Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess in Article 11 of the Belgian Confession that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but only proceeding from the two of them. And so the word proceed comes from John 15, verse 26. And Jesus said to his people, But when the helpers, Helper comes, whom, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And so Article 11 is written in the same way as Article 10. When Guido de Bray wrote about the divinity of Jesus, that Jesus is God. In the same way as with Jesus, some denied that the Holy Spirit only proceeded from the Father and not the Son. And this led to a schism between the Eastern and the Western Church in 054 after Christ. Already in the 4th century, Macedonius, the Bishop of Constantinople, denied the divinity of the Holy Spirit as well. According to Macedonius, the Holy Spirit was created, not equal to the Son. Athanasius defended the Holy Spirit. And so we can read in the Athanasian Creed about the Holy Spirit, the divinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one. Their glory equal. Their majesty co-eternal. And so the Nicene Creed calls the Holy Spirit the Lord and giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. And to worship the Holy Sp Spirit is not a matter of worshiping and glorifying something, a creature. But it is a matter of worshiping God. And so Article 11 of the Belgian Confession clearly states that the Holy Spirit is true in eternal God as the Holy Scriptures teach us. How do we know that? That's through the Word of God. In Acts 5, verse 3 to 4, Peter said, Ananias, 
Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And to the Holy Spirit are ascribed divine attributes. The Holy Spirit is like the Father omnipresent. And King David clearly states this in our text verse in Psalm 139 verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? And so the Holy Spirit examines. The Holy Spirit exposes. As he does with God's word. He also exposes our sins examines our heart, and ultimately, he leads us to Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And when we focus on Psalm 139, we can see that. Psalm 139 begins as it ends. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. This is a well-known method in Hebrew poetry. And David used this to emphasize something. He wanted to tell us the meaning of Psalm 139. And that is that the Lord has searched us, that the Lord knows us, the Lord knows our hearts, and that the Lord is always with us. And this knowledge of the Lord is not the superficial knowledge of our neighbor, where you know your neighbor, and every now and then speak to you, speak to him. And where you converse about the weather, the politics, but don't really know who they are. The Lord's knowing is the inside and outside knowledge. And this is how the Holy Spirit search our hearts. How God knows us through his spirit. And the Lord knows our inside and our outside. It also means that the Lord cares about us as no one can. Closest to possibly understanding it. It's possibly a parent that knows his child. Parent was involved with the child from the child was born. But the Lord knows even more. He was there when we were formed. He formed our inward parts. He knitted us together in our mother's womb. David describes this Lord's knowing also in verse 5. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hands upon me. And so God's love can be described as holding us tight in his Father's hands. And so the Spirit assures us through his word that God knows us. Knows the thought of our heads. And also that the Lord is holding his church in his hand as Jesus assured us in Revelation 1. And in verses 6 to 12, David described how God is always here through his spirit. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, 
This is when we die. You are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. This is because God is light. And so the Holy Spirit is involved, always with us. And the Holy Spirit is also involved in God's creation. Genesis 1 verse 1, 1 and 2 we read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is not recorded for us so that we might be informed as to where the Spirit was at the time. Rather, that the Spirit was doing something. He was active in creation, hovering over the face of the waters. And the Holy Spirit was also busy with our creation. When we were formed, the Holy Spirit was there. When no one was aware of my existence, God knew about me. And His Spirit knows about me. Verses 16 to 17, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The Lord who determines the day we were born, the day we die. God knows about them. And so the Holy Spirit is also busy with the work of recreation, where God's perfect creation got ruined through the fall. And Adam and Eve, tempted by the devil in reckless disobedience, robbed themselves and their descendants of these gifts, where the earth would produce thistles and thorns. But a miracle happened through the work of the Spirit. God did not allow for his work of art to be ruined, and he came with a second work of art. And his knowledge, he, and in this knowledge of us, reached a climax. He sent his son to die for our sins. John 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that God gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And in our believing in Christ, it's the Holy Spirit. It produces faith. God's response to our sin was a work of art, recreation while we were still sinners, Romans 5, verse 8. And also the Holy Spirit is involved when we are praying to the Lord. Verses 23 and 24 of our passage, we see how David folded his hands and prayed, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. King David prayed for a Messiah. And his prayer was answered in Jesus. In Jesus all things were made new. David prayed for the way everlasting in verse 24. It was answered in Jesus. Jesus who said, John 14 verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And also in this, the Holy Spirit was deeply involved. We also confess in Lord's Day 20 of the Heidelberg Catechism, 
that he's given to us personally so that by true faith he makes me share Christ and all his blessings. He comforts me and remains with me forever. Exactly as David said and already confessed through the Spirit. And so the Spirit testifies about Christ, about his attributes. And the Spirit works in silence and he appropriates Christ's redemption on the cross for us. That Jesus died for my sin. And the Holy Spirit is not just a holy divine power like the Jehovah Witnesses and all the other sects were saying. He is truly God. He's the third person in the Holy Trinity. He says and calls servants. We read in Acts 13 verse 2. He investigates. He searches. He intercedes when we pray. Romans 8 verse 27. He calls us to prayer, that we pray and lay our greatest needs before the Lord, as he called King David to pray in Psalm 139. And again, David prayed for the way everlasting, and it was answered in Jesus. And through the proclamation of God's word, the Holy Spirit works the faith in Jesus as our only Savior. That's the only way we can be saved. And he urged us to live according to God's word. And he also works the daily repentance in our hearts. King David prayed in Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And if there be any grievous way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. This is what happened with the Lord's Supper as well. When our sins were exposed, but we were sure that we could use the Lord's Supper because of the forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ. When there's repentance, the Holy Spirit assures us that our sins are forgiven in Christ, fully paid by His blood. And so the Holy Spirit assures us that God is with us when the burden becomes too heavy. He keeps us standing in our faith. And he comforts, not only with words, but with our Lord Jesus Christ. If I grieve or is concerned about a loved one, he assured us that Christ is risen. Christ had conquered death. If I mourn about oppression of the world, he showed us that out of God's hand we received so much grace. If loneliness sometimes overwhelms us, it shows us that we can never be alone and that we will never be forsaken, that he will always be with us. Where shall I go from your spirit, David said, or where shall I flee from your presence? He also assures us that Jesus will come again. And he invites together with the church in Revelation 22 verse 17, where the spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires take the water of life without price. So he invited us to use the signs of the bread and wine. And he strengthens through the sacraments and the Lord's Supper. He assures us that our sins are forgiven. And that Jesus died for my sins. And when we use the bread and wine, the Holy Spirit who lives both in Christ and us, invited us, united us more and more to Christ's blessed 
body. And so although Jesus is in heaven and we are on earth, we are the flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. And we forever live on and are governed by one spirit as members of our body are by one soul. This is what we confess in Lord's Day 28, question and answer 76 of the Heidelberg Catechism. But it also leaves us with a serious question. What would be the consequence of denying the divinity of the Holy Spirit? The consequence is that you would be dead in your sin. If you are not raised to a new life because the Spirit creates rebirth, the new life, if we are not regenerated, we cannot have faith. For faith does not live in dead hearts. And without faith, there's no salvation. For it's by faith that I am saved. Therefore, to deny the Holy Spirit is to have no salvation. This is to deny Christ. The second consequence follows. If we were to deny that the Spirit is God, Jesus says in John 16, verse 13, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you in all the truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. If the Holy Spirit were but a creature, He would not be able to lead us in God's truth and the Word. Nor could I have any certainty that what God speaks is the word of God. But as it is true and eternal God himself, the Holy Spirit has given us God's Bible. The Bible. And it was the Holy Spirit, 2 Timothy 3, who inspired men to write scripture to Peter 1. And if the Holy Spirit is not God, the Bible would have been just a mere book. The Bible would have been worthless. And so it's so important to acknowledge that the Spirit is God and that we confess this, that we hear this, the preaching, that the Holy Spirit, the true God, is the author of the most important book in your house. That book should be Read, because it's the word of God. And that same Holy Spirit, the true God, lives in my heart. How close has God come to us through his spirit? We need to learn from King David and pray with him through the Holy Spirit. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me. and Lead me in the way everlasting. That way is only Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. And with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. Amen.